0: Uh, but Mikey Vickery-Brown's going to come and speak to us. Where is he? Here he is. So Mikey, go for it. Oh, look, Seth, he's, he's shouting for you. You've got a fan. Okay, go for it, Mikey. We're with you. Cool, thank you. Um, should we start off in prayer? Let's do that. So Father God, I pray that um, this evening you just speak to us. You, I pray that um, we, you'd open our ears and our hearts to hear... Um, from you, Lord, and hear what, um, yeah, just amazing things that are going to come out of tonight, Lord. And yeah, I just thank you that we can gather in a place like this and just worship you as one big family in your name. Amen. Cool. So, it's weird being up here, not behind a guitar. Anyway, so, um, I'm Mikey. Um, I'm just going to, a couple of minutes, to showing you a little bit about myself. So, can we have the next slide? There we go. A little bit about me. Um, so I'm married to Rosie, she's great, she's amazing, um, she's there. Um, I'm the youth leader here at Aaron Church, officially head of Aaron Youth, sounds fancy, um, but all I do is just lead young people. Um, the picture on the far, well, on my far left, is the young people when we went Soul Survivor in the summer, hey, there's a few people out there, so yeah, I mean... That's what I do, hang out with young people, pretend I'm cool, pretend I'm trendy, say words that really cringe them out, um, like vexed, and they're like, oh, Mikey, what are you doing? Um, and I'm like, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's what I do, that's, that's my passion, working with young people um, and kind of telling them about, about Jesus. Um, and then my other passion is football. Come on, Man United. Um, so we're back, we're, back, you know, we're back on the road, F- fourth now. Seth loves Man United. Amazing. Um, and the church boys, obviously, Aaron Church Football Club. Come on. Come on, the church boys. Woo. Um, and there they are. And then I sometimes play guitar. So that's a little bit about me. Um, but today, we, what I want to share with you guys is we've been looking at, you know, this, this guy called David in the Bible. Um, he's a pretty great guy. And we're going to look at a particular story um, from. 1 Samuel chapter 25. If you're a millennial and you've got a Bible app on your phone, then please uh, get that out. Um, If you identify yourself as a millennial and have a Bible app on your phone, then get that out. Or if you're just old school and you love paper and you've got a real Bible, then please get that out as well. So, I'm just going to dive straight into this story. Okay? Um, If we can have the next slide. There's a little thing of what I'm going to say, just so you can read it along. If there's a spelling mistake, my bad. Um, But just go along with it and pretend like I'm amazing at spelling. So, there's this guy called Nabel. I'm saying Nabel. If I say it confidently, you'll just agree that that is how you say it. So, guy called Nabel. Um, And the thing about Nabel, the name, it literally means fool. So, his parents really loved him, obviously. Um, You know, my name means I'm Michael. That's my real name. Sounds very posh. Um, But that means to be like God. Okay? But imagine naming your kid fool. You know, love them. So Nabal, right, he's really wealthy. Um, He has lots of sheep, lots of goats, lots of land. Um, And yeah, he's just like the main man in that area. He also has a wife, okay? A wife called Abigail, who is described as very wise and very beautiful. So David, okay, this is before he's king. He is in the neighborhood. He is, he's he got his men with him. He's just kind of come away from Saul, King Saul trying to kill him. So, you know, he's just come off of the back of a you know—a heated situation and he's out in the wilderness and hears of this guy called Nabal. And he's like, Do you know what? I've helped this guy before. I've helped him with look after his sheep. I've helped him, um, we've protected them from like robbers and all that kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to ask him, we need some food, we need some provision, I'm going to go ask him if we can, you know, if he can help us out, he's really rich, got loads of animals and all that kind of stuff, so he sends messengers, okay, and messengers go out and they get to Nabal and they say, David really needs your help, can we have some food, and Nabal is like, no, Nabal's like, who is this David, who even is he, never heard of him in my life, see you later, you're not getting anything, okay, so Nabal rejects this offer of help okay and then the messengers go back and David is vexed that word I said earlier okay that means angry for those of you that aren't down with it okay obviously I am because I'm a youth, what, youth leader and all that anyway so David gets vexed he is so angry he's like what who's this Nabal he said who am I but who's this Nabal David is so angry, he's like the next king. He's he knows who he is, and he's like, This guy is messing me around. I'm gonna sort him out. So he's like, right, let's show him a lesson. He decides, he's like, right, come on men, let's go, we're gonna sort him out. He's he's going to sort out, like, when I say sort out, he's gonna kill Nabal and his whole household. Okay? Because there was that, you know, he's like, Oh, you're not helping me out. So he go he sets off, but and Na- Nabal's household, Nabal's wife, Abigail, hears about this. And she's like, Nabal's such a fool. What is he doing? So um, Abigail, behind Nabal's back, gets loads of provisions, loads of food, anything that they may need, and goes to meet David. She meets David, and David is just angry, raging. He is so, ah oh, still ticked off, okay? I don't know if you've ever been angry, and, you know, you... I bet he was probably... You know when you kind of get into a bit of an argument and then you go away and then you're usually in the shower when this comes to you. You get all the comebacks that you could have said and you're like, oh, I should have said that. That They've been so good. I bet he was doing that on his way to Nabal's family. All the comebacks were coming. Oh, I could say this. I could say this. But anyway, Abigail meets him. And Abigail's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for Nabal, for his foolishness. Um, You know... Hear all these provisions, and David's like, Yes, thank you. I was just about to go and you know, beat him up and kill him, and you've just stopped me from doing that. God has sent me someone to stop me from committing murder, from going against God. So, you know, David goes with his things, and Abigail goes off home and says to Nabal, What have you, why? Like, you've been so foolish someone just wanted help and you rejected them. So um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the story. And you know, from out of that, Nabal ends up dying. Okay. And I, I, find, I found this passage really hard to understand. I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. Um, but Nabal ends up dying as a result of this. And um, David's like, thank you, God, that I didn't, have to lay a finger on him I didn't have to I wasn't the person who was being the judge I wasn't making a judgment over him thank you that you took that away from me so I didn't have to do that so I've got three points if if you take away anything from this evening you take away these three points and you know I hope that these three points can um, Show us that in our own situations, we know that we can choose, we can always choose another way to act. Okay? That not only honors God, that's not only worshipful to God, but also brings others closer to God. Okay? That people can see that we've chosen another way of doing things where they're like, oh my goodness, this person is doing something that I didn't expect them to do in this situation. And if they're doing that, if they really believe that, that makes me want to go and find out more who this God is. So, number one, point number one, wisdom over foolishness. So, as I said, this guy, Nabal, his name is fool. So you would expect that he is a fool. Um, in the Bible... In the, well, in, in the whole Bible, there's so many warnings and stuff about us being foolish, okay? And it tells us the dangers of being foolish, but also the blessings that come from us being wise. Um, and so so in my job, okay, so I work, I work with the young people, they're awesome, some of them are here tonight. Um, and, you know, part of that, I've got to be so wise, like, some of the stuff that I get asked, I'm like, I don't know. Um, what do I say? And what I've found is over the, you know, I've been doing this job for nearly four years now, is there's not always a black or white answer. I feel like doing youth work, there's a lot of grey area, gray area. okay. And um, I feel like that's where wisdom comes in. Okay it's wisdom, it's not to say that that person's wrong or that person's right, but it's to explore and it's to go right, okay, what is you know it could be you know in a faith situation, what's God saying in this situation? What can be done in this situation that enables a positive outcome in the book of james um in he took he, James talks a lot about wisdom, and in chapter three he says. But the wisdom from above is first, is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds, seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. That is amazing. That's literally what I do. No, I wish I could do it as well as that. So, you know, having wisdom, it's not about necessarily having the right answers to say at the moment. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. And it's about being a peacemaker. It's being about being gentle at all times. Um, there's so many wise people that you can think of. Let, let's go for someone who's in a film. Let's go for Dumbledore, all right? Controversial, I know, but I'm going with it. Um, so Dumbledore, okay, in the Harry Potter films, he's super wise, but he's super gentle. Gandalf, they're pretty much the same person. Um, he's wise, but he's also gentle. So, you know, wisdom isn't just what we think is right but it's a heavenly wisdom that is directly from God um is when those gray areas um you know when there isn't necessarily right or wrong but when one decision can impact someone in an incredibly positive way and bring them into a closer relationship with God so we see how Nabal acted um he you know in that definition it that James gives it's You know, willing to yield to others. Um, And we see that, you know, how Nabal acted. He wasn't willing to yield to anyone. The messengers came from David to Nabal. And Nabal was like, no, I'm amazing. And this David is no one. I'm not yielding anything over to this person. I'm standing firm. This is what I'm doing. And, but David... Okay, on the other hand, he yielded to Abigail. So Abigail comes along with this other way. David's on this path, okay, of destruction and anger. um, And Abigail comes along and she's like, I'm so sorry. God doesn't want you to do what you're about to do. What about this? And then David's like, do you know what? That makes so much sense. He could have just carried on with what he was doing, but he yielded. And he was like, you know what, it's wiser not to follow through with what I'm doing. He chose to be a peacemaker rather than be foolish and go against God. And, you know, the question that I got from that to really all I'm doing is raising questions for you to think about, so good luck with all these questions, um, is how can we be wise and yield to others so that we can impact those around us and how, how can we be peacemakers in situations that aren't so black and white where there's the grey areas okay so you know I think with wisdom it's, we just think it's about being right but it's not necessarily it's about, it's about yielding knowing you know having that influence from God you know that godly wisdom you know that he gives us where we're like do you know what I could go different directions, but I know that this direction is peacemaking, you know, and it's fruitful than any other way I could take. Okay, so number two, kindness over pride. So we've had wisdom over foolishness, now kindness over pride. So throughout the whole story, we see in so many ways that kindness wins, um, over pride. So in the Jupp household, there is a very famous phrase that I really used to struggle with. And it was always in the heated arguments that this phrase would come out. And it would often be from Becca, and it would wind me up so much. It would be, it's better to be kind than to be right. So I grew up thinking that it's always better to be right than anything else in the world ever. Um, And coming into this, like, new way of thinking, I really struggled. Um, When me and Rosie had a disagreement, um, I was always felt like I should be right. Um, And, you know, I found it really hard to be kind when I was like, oh, I'm right, I need to be teaching people that I'm right and they're wrong. Um, And obviously, nothing, you know, those arguments weren't great. Um, And, you know, there was no fruitfulness from that, Okay. Like nothing got solved and yeah, it wasn't great. And you know, I really struggled with this at first, but over the years I've come to understand what that really looks like. So in this story, it's both Nabal and David that are actually full of pride. Um, And Nabal is prideful in the fact that he's wealthy. He has land and animals, whereas David is prideful in the fact that he's the next king of Israel. He's like the next big guy. and He's like, you know, of course I'm going to be prideful. I'm the next king. Um, he also chooses pride um, in the way that he behaves when Nabal rejects him, rejects him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be king. I'm going to show him who's boss. I'm, he, he's proud in everything that he's doing and who he is. And what's really interesting? So we were at Grandpa, aka David Thatcher. We were at his house for um, dinner earlier, and he gave me a book um, that was about this topic. And um, what was really interesting was it was saying how David was in the midst of um, this—you know, just been tried to be killed by Saul—and he was like, you know what? Um, You know, he someone had an attempt on his life, and he was fine with it, he was like, I'm cool, I'm chill, I'm still close to God, you know, God's got it. But as soon as Nabal criticised his identity, criticised himself, he couldn't hack it. He was like, I'm done, I'm going to kill you now, okay? He lost it. For us, how, like, how much, or how often for us do we, you know, we, God gives us these big challenges that can be really big victories and we smash it, and then it comes to the little small things and we just can't quite make it. We just can't quite make it over the line. You know, if, so, if someone like, you know, tries to... As soon as someone attacks our identity, that's when we're like, no, I've had enough. You know, you're going to get what's coming to you, all that kind of thing. And, you know, and, and David chose that pride. He chose that pride in that moment. Um. You know, he becomes vengeful He becomes vengeful and wants to make, take matters into his own hands to prove that he was right. Um, but then you see Abigail. She uses kindness in every situation. She uses her own wisdom that we spoke about earlier to choose kindness over pride. She could have been prideful like her husband, but she chose another way. And she could have also been prideful in the company of David. Um, and she could have encouraged his pride because he's going to be the next king. But she stood up to David. She stood up to the king, the next king of Israel, and said, you know what? There's another way. You don't have to give in to this pridefulness, this this small hurdle that you're stumbling over. You don't have to give in to that. You can choose another way. So we've got this um, picture in our bedroom. It's like a a word thing from... um, Rosie got it from the Hillsong Colour Conference. A couple of years ago, and it's um, on it, it's got the colors from the color sisterhood. Woo, color sisterhood. Um, on the de- definition of kindness, it says it as this it describes kind, it, uh, the state or quality of being friendly, generous, considerate, and kind hearted, foundational in leading others to the one whose kindness leads all to salvation. So, this is it. Our kindness in situations where people may not expect us to be kind are the things that lead people to Jesus. It's not necessarily lobbing a Bible at someone's head, go and read that, okay? It can be in the simplest of ways, in a situation where people are expecting us to freak out, go mental, go crazy at someone. If we chose to be kind in that moment, okay? If we chose not to be prideful as, and see it as an attack on ourselves. If we chose that in that moment, people would be like, whoa, they really believe this stuff. So, time's getting on, I've got to hurry, but Steve Case, who's Steve Case on bass, what a legend. um, You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was in the worship team and he was playing and I couldn't really see what chords I was playing and stuff because my phone is tiny um and i was like oh steve can i borrow your ipad for the service and he was like yeah sure and he was like oh i've got one that i might be getting rid of and i was like oh cool yeah let me know i'll pay you for it all this kind of stuff and then a couple of days later he was like got got this ipad i want you to have it and i'm like oh my goodness like this is this is so cool like someone's just giving me an ipad this doesn't happen um and I was also chatting with Rosie, and we were saying, like, it's the kind things that people do that you remember. You that you carry that. Like, look, Rosie's got so many stories of, of, you know, things that people have done for her or that she's done for others where people have remembered that, like, so long, like, such a long way into the future. Like, people just remember that stuff. And, you know, in what situations can you choose to be kind that can impact someone, not just from that day on, but maybe for the whole of their lives, that then they could then go impact someone else. And the kindness that Abigail shows in this chapter, it isn't a fluffy kindness. That's like, oh, I'm just going to be kind. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm kind to everyone. If someone opposes my beliefs and stuff, I'm just going to be kind to them and shrink away and be like, oh, no, I didn't mean it, sorry. That's not what this kindness is. This kindness is a brave, strong kindness, okay, that... Um, you know that is constant, whatever the situation. Um, and she is she shows kindness to pe- people regardless of their of who they are in society. You know she's showing this strong kindness, um, but also her her diff- having a different opinion. She can still be kind in that, which is amazing. Like Brexit, how many of us aren't kind in that in those discussions that we've had with people? It's, and you know. We don't have to agree with everyone, but we can definitely be kind. And then finally, I'll run, this through, run through this really quickly. Final point, integrity over stubbornness. So David is a man known for, you know, he's a man after God's own heart. He's a man full of integrity. And, you know, there are there a are few moments in the Bible where he chooses his way over God's. But every time that David goes against God we find him coming back to God saying, sorry, I messed up. The dictionary definition of integrity is this. Integrity is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. It's when your behaviour matches your beliefs. What you say matches what you do. So the differences between Nabel and David in this story's integrity. Nabal chooses to be stubborn and believe that he was right. His pride and foolishness had meant that he'd become more stubborn. David could have chosen stubbornness in the moment when Abigail met him and said, you could choose this. He could have been stubborn and gone, no, I'm right. But he didn't. You know, he was honest with himself and he said, you know what? I might be making a mistake here. You know, you know, Abigail stopped David from committing murder against God. But it's David's integrity, his innermost being, knowing what the right thing is to do, that stopped him from, you know, that stopped him from committing murder, from going against God. That innermost thing. Craig Groeschel, who's a, who's the pastor of Life Church in America. He said that isn't it tragic that we live in a world that is more shocked by integrity than by the lack of integrity? If you do something that shows integrity, people are like, "Oh my goodness, why have you done that? What do you want from me?" Like, they don't get it because it's the right thing to do. They think there's a catch. And you know, to have integrity over stubbornness it's a kingdom thing. Um, you know We sometimes choose to be stubborn in a decision we made or an attitude that we have, and we choose that even though um, we may be wrong, we choose to sacrifice our integrity for being stubborn. You know, if if what we believe is Jesus, and what we do is what God is calling us to do, then our integrity is our guide, and it can lead us and those around, around us into a closer relationship with God. So, just to wrap it up really quickly. So, Abigail has each of these three points. Can we go on to the next slide? There we go. She has each of these. She has wisdom, kindness, and integrity. You know, she's, I mean, when I read that, I was like, someone who she seems like, who's wise, who's kind, who's integrity in the Bible? Oh, it's got to be Jesus. So, she is like, He's just exactly like Jesus, okay? This is who Jesus is. Jesus is known for, you know, he's wise. He's kind, he was kind to everyone. And even to the, um, you know, to the, you know, religious leaders of the time. He may have been savage, okay? He may have put them in their place, but he was never unkind, okay? He was always loving. And his integrity, Jesus, you know, he faced so much, You know, hurt and everything for you know for the truth that he came for. Yet his integrity never wavered. And you know, these three attributes show us you know that it's not about going into every situation like a wrecking ball. It's not about us going into every situation thinking that we're the only ones with the truth. And I know sometimes as Christians, that's what we think we're the ones with the truth. Everyone else can do one, Um, but. That's not it. It's about showing who Jesus is through our kindness um, and through our integrity and through our wisdom. It's about us being brave, um, you know, and to step out in that. You know, it's about coming to the place where we can be back with God and going forward in our own faith, but also bringing others on the journey as well. Cool, thank you.